0: This is Framework Leadership. I'm Ken Engel, and you're listening to Framework Leadership, a podcast about how to bring your personal life and organization to the next level. So, what would be maybe uh, the top, you know, couple of values that uh, you know young people don't understand and need to really incorporate in an entrepreneurial
1: spirit um, in? What? There's three things you have to have. And this is, I think, why I've been able to achieve some success. And, and I think they really helped me uh, when I was competing on The Apprentice. The first one is you have to understand the term practical execution. Now, what does that mean? Well, practical execution essentially means that actions speak louder than words. Most people go through life and they talk a great game. They're going to write this book. They're going to climb this mountain. They're going to start this business. I can go on and on. Most of them don't do it. when you underst- When you understand and embrace the term practical execution – you put your head down, you keep your mouth shut, stay out of the office politics and the game playing and all the backstabbing, you focus on yourself and you deliver results week after week or day after day. And that's how you get ahead in life. So that's important. Secondly, it's about being agile. It's about being agile, It's about adapting and reacting and adjusting to what's happening around you in the world. Because if you do not, you will become extinct. And that is a fact. Yeah. And lastly, it's about risk about understanding the risk and converting that risk into success. And and I'm going to talk about this today, but why are some people successful in achieving their entrepreneurial dreams and others not? And for me, it comes down to one word, and that word is fear. When we're born into this world, God gave us two natural fears, and that's the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. And every other fear we have is learned. And so many people go through this life Afraid of failure, afraid of what their friends or their or their colleagues are going to say about an innovative idea, that they never even try, and that's the biggest failure of them all.
0: In Framework Leadership's podcast, we have uh, a lot of millennials who who listen in, and it, it's been estimated that only two or three in ten millennials have identified uh, real passions. And in fact, most millennials will go through up to seven jobs in their twenties. How, how can, how can they find true fulfillment, um, in whatever context maybe they do find themselves in?
2: Well, that reminds me of a question I got from a, a friend who's my age, which is to say an older guy, not that many years ago, he said, you know, I'm still looking for my life purpose and I'm frustrated. And I said, he said, what should I do? And I said, well, John, if you can't find your life purpose, just do everything you do purposely And that is to say there's that big life purpose, that singular focus, but you can inject or infuse or uncover purpose in pretty much anything you do. And and that means that when you're called to lead a meeting, something as mundane as that, maybe your purpose will be to inject some uh, energy in meetings that have historically been dull and boring. Maybe your purpose is, is to come out with a solution to a problem or a plan that'll help that group uh, achieve their vision. So I always say, look for the many purposes or the the individual purposes. And when it comes to passion, uh, and and I'm fascinated by that uh, statistic about millennials, I would say two things. And that is, one... Uh, if you're going to have seven jobs, just make sure that each job makes you better for the next job, whatever job it is, it, because the only waste of a job is if you didn't learn anything. Mm. It's not about how much money you made, although we all want to be you know, paid well. It's about what you learn that will prepare you to be more effective in your next job. And the second thing is the best way to find out what you have passion for is to try a lot of stuff. Uh, when my sons were little and they're, you know, one's in college and one's about to graduate high school, my wife and I were big believers and letting them try whatever they want. If They wanted to try soccer or basketball or music or you name it. Because the way they found out what they wanted to do was by eliminating what they didn't want to do. And there were some sports they got into and said, no, not, yeah, not. not for me. So try lots of things. And that's the only way I think you really identify your true passions.
0: So I guess I, I would ask you, and, and you've kind of touched on it. What advice would you give, especially young women working in in that industry today, to really celebrate, to um, to grow in who they are and what they can advance to?
3: Yeah, I mean the, the the number one goal, the number one advice I always tell people is that you have to do the work. I, people often ask me what was your secret, and. And I really don't have any like secret. I, I worked, I did the work, right? So I think that's the number one thing is you have to do the work. There are no shortcuts that you can take to, uh, to get to where you want to go. You, you have to go through each of the steps and there's a lot of, there's a lot that you can learn from taking each step in stride. Um, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is to believe in their own abilities because I do think that, um, as women and as people of color, many times we go into this rabbit hole of the imposter syndrome. Like, do I really belong here? And and to to avoid that by reminding yourself constantly of the skill set that you have, because each of us has a very unique skill set and viewpoint that we bring to the table. And and so making sure that we're utilizing those unique skills that we have. Um, and then the third thing is really to to speak up if if there are things that are going on that uh make you uncomfortable uh to speak up and to bring those things up um to your bosses or to uh you to to compliance or wherever else there is a place for you to speak up um not to keep those things hidden because uh because you're afraid um but to really stand up for yourself and and to, and to create a space where you feel like you can thrive right
0: what advice, as you have these opportunities to step in and encourage these students and encourage these young people, what, what advice do you give them to start out their journey and to understand how to grasp their calling
4: and, wow. and how to grow in that? Wow, great question. I think uh, as you ask that question, the word process, uh, I think as a generation of young people, that uh, we're not a fan of the process. Uh, understanding that God is a fan of the process. Almighty God could have created everything in a day, but he did it in six and rested on the seventh. That was a process. I look at David's life and uh, David is up against this giant Goliath. And uh, he's going to use a stone, you know, to take Goliath out. And then God calls a timeout and he says, go to the Jordan and choose five. And I always thought about that. If it was going to only take one stone to kill Goliath, why? Would they have to go through the process of choosing and there again is the process. Could it be that David really didn't throw a stone at Goliath, but he threw his life at Goliath because he was processed? I think as young people, we want to rush everything. As young people, we want the title. We want the, the, the prestige. We want the stage. But I have found in my life, I'm 45 years old, uh, that what God is doing in my life right now has come through process. Uh, and I believe that as we are processed, that our gifts can take us to places where our character can keep us. But if we're not processed, our gifts will take us to places where our character and integrity can't keep us. And so as a young leader, someone starting out in in, in school and university, I would say be a fan of the process. And the process is simply this, every single situation you're in is a learning process. Serve before you lead, be able to be corrected, be able to be taught, be able to to, to not uh, want the stage. Because when you're processed, you'll also be freed from the opinions of other people. That's what pain and process does uh, for us as leaders. So if I could tell my young self, I would have said, shut up, sit down, and be a fan of the process. What is,
0: what is the greatest thing as these, as these students, as young people head out into their destiny journey? Mm-hmm. What's the greatest piece of advice that you can give them to have perspective in discovering yeah.
5: Well, the greatest advice I can give them is, is, is um, you know, I always use an illustration. Um, when I speak to athletes and my players every year, I'll, I'll, I'll take up a, a football and, and I'll call one of them up and I'll say, hey, stand on that ball for me, you know, see if you can kind of, you know, visualize that. And then I'll say, well, that's how your life's going to be if football is the foundation of your life. And it's uh, just that simple. And and when I'm speaking at events, I tell people that's how your life's going to be if your job's the foundation of your life, if your family's the foundation of your life, if your bank account, if your country club, if your house, if those are the foundations of your life, if that's what your life is built on, it's going to be a very unstable life. And and I love to take the illustration of a of a flat football. Hmm. And I, and I'll say, okay, so this ball right here. If if I went to go play right now, it'd be hard to throw, hard to catch, hard to hard for this ball to fulfill the purpose that it was created for, without the air in it, right? Mm. And and it's and so the best advice I can give anyone is, if you don't have the Holy Spirit inside of you, if you don't know your Creator, it's going to be really difficult for you to discover what you were created for, right? And so to really know your purpose uh, in life, you've got to know the creator of your life. And there's just nothing else that matters because uh, bad things happen. Storms happen. Disappointments happen. If you've got a, if you've got a body and breath, uh, you are going to experience a lot of adversity in your life. That's just the way it is. But when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you're anchored and and when those storms come, you don't get washed out to sea and drift. You have, even though it may it may be the worst thing that you can ever think about in in life. But when you have your faith in Christ and you know Him, He will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. Because there's always going to be things that happen this side of eternity. We're just not going to understand. I wish I could just say hey, but there's just certain, and that's what faith is all about but God walks through that with you. And I can look back on my life at certain things that I thought were the worst thing that could ever happen to me. If I could go back and change it now, I wouldn't. And, and they say we serve a God we can't see. And I'm like, hey, I look back, man, I, I see God clearly, right? clearly. Man, I'm right. so thankful that he didn't allow me something to happen the way I wanted it to happen. And, and so for young people to have, uh, Christ as the center of their life and the anchor to their life, man. That that that. There's nothing else that matters.
0: Now, to the millennials that are listening to this, what is the one piece of leadership advice that you would give them as they're getting started in their career, or maybe even look at at another type sure. of career?
6: I think the big thing for the next generation is to understand the power of respect and that respect looks different for different generations. This next generation may see respect as someone admitting that they don't know the answer or, you know, saying, "Hey, I need your help." But other generations, they were raised, you know, maybe by military parents or military era parents where, you know, respect was earned and you had to do the thankless jobs and the due diligence. And I think many young people get frustrated with structure inside of organizations because they don't understand why it exists. Hmm. So, I think that the, the Big opportunity for a younger generation who's ambitious. You have great ideas. You're excited about shaking things up, understanding why things are the way that they are. Um, again, asking those key questions of leaders, and then realizing that there's a process in place that maybe's existed longer than you've been alive, right? And if you're going to provide some change, be intentional about it and make sure that it serves everyone on the team.
0: What uh, What advice would you give a a young leader, especially? a young church planter?
7: Yeah, I think, you know, probably the first thing I would say is you're going to overestimate what you can do in a year or two, but you're going to mm-hmm. underestimate what God can do in 10 or 20 if you really devote yourself to it. And I think the other thing I would say, it's not about church growth. It's about personal growth. And if mm-hmm. you're growing personally, then I think whatever it is that you're leading is going to, in that wake, it's going to grow with you. And uh, um and probably the final thing would be uh, uh, keep on keeping on because it's not easy, um, right. but uh, you, you got to keep, uh, you got to have, it's got to be long obedience in the same direction. I, I think a church planner has to go into it with that mindset.
0: Uh, many of our listeners are just starting out in in their careers and their calling and in, in what God has for them. What's What's one piece of leadership advice that you'd like to give young leaders?
3: never think of yourself too big to serve. Wow. Um, Over my life, Dr. Gangl, just being honest with you, um, God has placed me in spaces where it was probably menial, um, considered too small in some eyes, but he was testing my faithfulness. Mm. He was testing my faithfulness in those seasons. And if I had to move a chair, I moved a chair. I was in the business office as the administrator, and I was on the floor putting down tape on a carpet because we had a conference. And I enjoyed doing that, getting the the house of God ready for people to come in and experience God. So never think of yourself too big to serve others. Jesus, I believe, modeled that well by putting on a towel to wash the feet of his disciples, and we ought to do the same.
0: You know, from radio to law to, to ministry, uh, you've, uh, you've been in strong leadership roles and you've encountered many leaders. Uh, what's the one piece of leadership advice that you've held on to your entire life that mm. this, is, this is kind of the thing that drives my leadership mentality?
7: I think it's probably this single line Live in a way today that will help you thrive tomorrow. Mm so many leaders are just exhausted. And I can imagine a lot of the leaders listening are like, I'm too tired to try anything new, or they're just in, in, in a place. And I really believe from a spiritual perspective, and, but also from a, a, a leadership perspective, that God doesn't want us just to survive. Like if you look at John 10, ten I've come to bring life, you know, and life to the full. The thief comes to kill and destroy. You can do leadership, so it basically kills and destroys. And there are countless families that have been wiped out because of leadership. And that's where that line, you know, if you're winning at home, uh, winning at work, but losing at home, you're losing. I learned that the hard way. And I didn't lose my family, you know, we're still married. Uh, And we ended now actually have a great marriage, but I I almost blew it. And so I have reminded myself since burnout in all the different categories. I think there's five big ones, Um, spiritual, Emotional, relational, financial, and physical. Mm. So I ignored my physical body. I can tell you're in shape. You work out, right? You got to protect the asset. Yeah. You've you've got to spiritually fill your tank with God. So even though I have a full day today and a lot going on in my company, uh, I I read the Bible today and I spent some time with God. Maybe not as long as when I'm not on the road, but you know, there are good 15 minutes where I try to ground myself in the root of Christ. And then relationally, to have rich relationships with people around you. Yeah. Uh, that's so important. Because often in leadership, you're in a giving right. place. Right. You're always like, oh, this—you know, you probably had this thought. What does this person want from me? Because the only people who show up at your office are people who want something from you. Well, who are the people who are refueling you? Right. When was the last time you had a dinner where you laughed so hard you cried? Yeah. Or you lost... track of the time. And you're like, this was five hours. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, how did that happen? And a lot of leaders don't have that in their life. And I think we're supposed to have that. um, And that's not being selfish. See, because if if you don't take care of yourself, right? Self-sacrifice without self-care goes in two very pathological directions. It goes towards Mm self-indulgence or self-medication. So you become that quirky person who just like, has way too much more than you need, or you become very weird in your habits, you become self-indulgent and very selfish, or you start to self-medicate. And that's alcohol, drugs, sex, whatever, but if you're not caring for yourself, if you don't have those replenishing friendships. And then financial, you know, just to have a little bit of margin. I've lived with money and without it, it's better with it. And, uh, yeah. you know, you can, we all know people, and this is not about becoming rich. There are people who make 30000 a year and have money in the bank. And people who make $300,000 a year and have maxed out credit cards. Sure, yeah. And so I think when you get margin in the spiritual, financial, physical, relational, and emotional, the emotional tank, um, how, how is it in your soul? Um, how is it, you know, how are you leading? What is the quality of your leadership? That emotional intelligence. When you have surplus in all those areas, and, and I have to have disciplines in my life every day that help me have it in all five areas so that I live in a way today that will help me thrive tomorrow.
3: To connect with Kent, visit kentingle.com. Also, make sure to follow him on Twitter at Kentingle and on Facebook at kent.ingle. Thanks for listening to Framework Leadership.